you tired of chasing perfection and always feeling like you fall short? There is a better way. Welcome to the Pop Coach Life with your host, Sharon Smaga, where we are pursuing the art of purpose over perfection. She's going to turn what you think you know on its head and help you discover a life filled with meaning and joy. So buckle up, Buttercup, because here comes Sharon. Pop Coach Life. I'm Sharon Smaga, your host, and Pop Coach Life is where we are pursuing the art of purpose over perfection. And I have a young guest with me today who has a lovely personality in mind, and uh, I want to introduce you to my friend Elena. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna start off saying before you even um, talk about the things you have on your mind that part of what I think is our energy and makes some of our conversations so interesting. Is that I'm a Gen Xer, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you are a. I'm a very young millennial. I just barely okay. missed the cutoff to Gen Z. So oh I wow! Like, yeah, so I you think I missed straddle. it by about uh, three to four years. So okay. So welcome back to Pop Coach Life, and um, glad that you all took the time to listen again today. And my friend Elaine and I are going to chat about some things that she has on her mind, and we're going to see where this goes because I think there's an interesting dynamic between you know the xers and the millennials and the gen z or what they call igen right okay absolutely agree so yeah so what we were talking about um earlier in the week i was going through personally some very difficult um things i've had a lot of change that happened in my life during 2022 a lot of really things that really just moved my center basically if that if that's a good way to put it and I was talking with you and we were chatting about it and I kept using the word afraid. All the change was making me afraid. And I used the word fear quite often. And you called me out on that and you said um, that I kept using the word fear, but it didn't sound like I was afraid. It was sounding more like insecurity and discomfort, but not fear. And that um, by saying I was afraid, I was labeling that it was fear And therefore, I was responding to it like it was fear. And it brought Mm -hmm. into focus this concept of labeling your emotions and what you're going through correctly so you can respond correctly. And it sounds very obvious when you think about it. But I want to talk a little bit more about that because I feel like today a lot of folks from my generation and younger, and even from yours I feel like too, but I feel like it's especially my generation, have a thing about labeling certain emotions and certain things they're going through one way and then they respond that way versus if they were labeling correctly Mm -hmm. and they could respond correctly. So I want to chat a little bit and get into your mind about that. Um. You know, the first thing that sort of pops, and I know we sort of had a very brief conversation about this before, but what keeps going through my mind is how, um, what you're labeling, where we cue the brain. Mm -hmm. So, like, your brain's not smarter than you, and you're not smarter than your brain, right? It's just sort of one and the same. So, if you tell yourself you're afraid, you cue the brain, oh, fear, and we go into fear mode, Mm -hmm. right? which is very different than saying, oh, I'm kind of nervous about this. Like maybe, I don't know how you feel about coming to do this tonight with Mm -hmm. me, 
but maybe you felt a little nervous yeah. or as we got ready to record, you felt nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I often do. And I'm actually getting a few of these under my belt and I still get a little nervous. Oh, yeah. edge, yeah. right? So a little bit of nervous can sort of give me an edge at this. If I tell myself I'm afraid, that's very different. That's sort mm-hmm. of going to paralyze me. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally can change my voice even when I'm trying to record something. Interesting. Yeah. In what ways? Because well, your mind is responding. It believes we're afraid. Then your body cues in. And the, the short version, without going into all the neurobiology and, and some terms that I'll get right and some I would probably mess up anyway, is that your body then responds to what your brain believes is true. Hmm. And if I believe I am afraid, I'm going to go into freeze, fight, or flight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So what would happen when I first started recording these, I would get so nervous mm-hmm. that it would almost, it would turn into like this fear. Yeah. And my whole neck, all my, vo- and my vocal cord, everything would stiffen up. You know, and I actually can attest to that because I do a lot of theater and it can be kind of the same thing if you yeah, respond appropriately. Yeah, there you go, so, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how we cue ourselves, so language matters, we think in words. And if you cue yourself that you're afraid, when you're not, if you cue yourself that you have anxiety when you just ha- you're just nervous about something mm-hmm. socially, maybe um, maybe it's going to do something socially and it's not your normal friend group, and we would all get a little nervous about that. Mm-hmm. But that's not the same as oh my gosh, I have anxiety. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, depression. Not everything's depression. I hear people say. I like that on the one hand, we sort of have these umbrellas of understanding, right? Um, But when everything, like if I have a a sad day, maybe I'm thinking about my husband um, passing away because the anniversary is coming up. Mm -hmm. That's not the same as being depressed. That's actually grief. That's, Mm -hmm. oh, this is sad today. It may not even be sad the whole day. Mm Mm-hmm. But if I give it the power of saying, oh, I'm just so depressed, I'm widowed, and my husband died, and then I'm going to be really, really stuck in that. Yeah. So you brought up something very interesting at uh, talking about specifically your husband and his passing and how you're feeling sad in a moment. And I feel like a lot of folks are very, because mental health is very popular nowadays, yes. which is has good which is goods great. and bads, <laughs> and bads <laughs> to it for sure. Yes. Um, but I feel like in an effort to maybe not take responsibility for our emotions perhaps um or just want to deal with them instead of just maybe treat them as a mental illness as opposed to an emotion where does the difference lie and how can we like label one over the other oh wow that's a big question yeah let's go about the big guns today um i probably can't really answer all of that you know in this conversation but i think that um you know, the feelings we can have in life sort of, you know, they move through us. I think mm-hmm. sometimes we tend to feel like or think if we let ourselves be in them and feel them that we'll sort of be captive to them. Mm. And that's a little bit frightening, yeah. maybe, like in a genuine sort of frightening way yeah. or, oh my gosh, will I be okay if I let myself feel this? So, and, and depression can be have different um, sources, if you will, Mm -hmm. right? So for some people, 
um, depression can be a chemical issue in the brain. Mm -hmm. But if you're sort of talking about um, getting sort of, you realize you're caught up, and I've been in this place in my life where I like, I feel like I'm sort of up to my eyeballs with the stress in my life Mm -hmm. and everything I'm trying to manage. And then it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm at the point where it's gone past stress or having a struggle in a day with it. And it's become sort of this chronic way of being. Mm -hmm. That's more like what I think of as depression. I feel like that sort of depression is very much about... It can be a combination. I think a lot of it is sort of sucking down feelings mm. yeah. and not acknowledging them because, yeah. and then at the point that becomes intolerable or we sort of get numbed out. Yeah, just it's kind a of disconnect. sitting in it instead of striving to go forward. Well, and yeah, and I don't know, going striving to go forward, I guess, is part of it, but I'm thinking even in terms of just how do we learn to sit with feelings. Mm let them move through the us, understand that a feeling moving through me isn't going to permanently park there. Mm. It's just yeah. moving through, and I don't have to let that be a threat. I can experience all different kinds of feelings. I can experience multiple feelings at once, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I can be, I can sit, let's say, uh, for this example, you know, for the example um, that I, it's the day before, my uh, wedding anniversary, what would have been my wedding anniversary, for example. I can sit in that and feel sad that he's not, my husband's not here with me anymore. I can feel, but I can also feel joy that I had the time with him I did. Mm -hmm. And that anniversary marks both of those for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So feelings, let them move through you. They're not going to take up permanent residence. Fighting them, ignoring them, minimizing tends to be what actually creates that perfect storm over time. Hmm. And then recognize that we are complex emotional beings. And th- that's the other thing I would say is not only label the emotions you're feeling correctly, but don't decide you're only feeling that one thing. We feel multiple things at a time, yeah. at any given time. Yeah. Yeah, that that is a really interesting point because I do remember um, in my own personal journey and struggles, one of the things I actually did learn from you was whenever I felt an emotion that was genuine fear or something to just sit in it because I often tried to slam the door on that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like one of the most important things we can do is allow ourselves to, like you said, feel those feelings but not necessarily feel like it's going to be that way forever you know right or allow right. yourself to do that so one of the things I also want to talk about in this discussion of labeling emotions correctly is responsibility because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes we like to label things as depression or anxiety or something chemical in a way to escape responsibility I know I personally have done that okay. where in my past where I've struggled with I actually have struggled with certain things and I was very quick to label them a certain way because it was easier to put the responsibility on oh my brain just doesn't make the right chemicals so that's why I'm struggling with this and I rem- uh, okay. yeah and I remember one of the things you had said was well your that part is a very small part that enhances that but the root of what you're feeling and dealing with is much deeper than that and the chemical stuff that our brain may legitimately be doing um 
is more up top, but there's a lot down below that needs to be dealt with. So let's mm -hmm. talk a little bit about responsibility and where where one begins and one ends. Uh, another tough one. <laughs> all the juicy questions. Look at these millennials. Um, so, and all great questions. So mm -hmm. I think like you're sort of labeling for me is, um, and I've got, in all my years in mental health, I've worked with so many different struggles with people and, you know, walk that road with them. And one of the core things that I would say impacted outcome very greatly would be taking responsibility mm -hmm. for whatever it is that you're dealing with, right? So yeah. it's, so, you know, I may have a chemical thing or I may have this diagnosis, but that's not the solution. Mm -mm. It is a framework through which maybe I can understand my struggle mm -hmm. and everybody struggles. It's just that everybody's struggle looks different. Yeah. In some ways, it can be similar to one another, but we all struggle. So part of struggling well is part of um, overcoming. And I don't mean by overcoming, you erase it and it goes away, mm -hmm. but being able to manage. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm ever going to be able to forget my husband died or you know, the struggles I've been through, but part of our success in managing that and having, I would say most of us are looking for, I don't, I don't think anybody would argue that deep down we all kind of want to find this place where we have peace mm -hmm. and some joy yeah. and some happiness, um, some pleasure in life in a healthy way, right? Mm -hmm. sort of, so part of depression is that absence of pleasure, for example, and, and we want that in healthy ways. That has to start, in my opinion, I don't think you can get around this, with taking responsibility for where we are. Um, it might mean understanding a little bit about how we got here, right, to give it some context. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like identifying a problem and taking responsibility. Because if I don't identify the problem and I don't take responsibility, then how can I change the outcome? Mm -hmm. How can I change the trajectory of the, or the course of my life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one thing I hear from a lot of folks from my generation um, and younger who it, like t don't want to necessarily take responsibility for their deep down problems. I've heard many folks say, I have ADHD or OCD or anxiety or depression, which they all may be legitimate things. Mm -hmm. But to deal with it, they'll say, I went to my psychiatrist and he prescribed me XYZ medication. That's how I'm dealing with it as opposed to really getting down and doing the work, which is, you know, that's where you have to take responsibility and realize, okay, my problems are like maybe some things that yes, happen to me and circumstantial, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, they're choices and lies that I am choosing to believe. And I know that has been something that was really hard for me to do. And it took many, many years to get from blaming because I personally have OCD and it is very strong and it has been a huge struggle for many many years and for so many years I would just say oh I have OCD and that's why I just blamed it all on that mm -hmm. and then coming to this place of realizing no yes I do have that mm -hmm. um but I was hiding behind a diagnosis I think and then choosing to blame everything on that and not actually get down and do the work and realize I was believing certain lies and making bad choices because I think at the end of the day we don't really want to take responsibility for that Wow, that's very powerful. Um, shoot, I'm like, which one? Where do I start? <laughs> um, yeah, it's isn't that something? Because 
and you know, if meds are needed, meds are needed, mm-hmm. and there's there's no shame in that, right? Yeah. Um, if if I need antibiotics because I'm so sick that you know it's getting to where it could affect my heart negatively, then yeah. I would go get the antibiotic, and I would mm-hmm. never feel shame about that or apologize for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I also say medication is a piece of a treatment yes. puzzle mm-hmm. or a piece of um, the plan for your success, right? Yeah. So then understanding this is something that augments, supports, and helps. And then you labeled several things that I'm like, boing, wow. <laughs> um, you know, what are the lies I'm telling myself? What are um, this idea of belief? Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I have had conversations about belief. We can believe something that is completely false. Exactly. We can believe mm-hmm. lies. So if we grab hold of a thought and keep repeating it and tell ourselves over and over, and if I'm sitting in a community context or a broader culture context that reinforces that lie, mm-hmm. then I start that belief, even if, yeah. sorry, even if it's not true, um, when you continue to do that, it becomes a belief, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it may or may not be accurate, so doing the work of sort of peeling back what I think I believe, being willing to challenge ourselves, um, finding healthy people to help challenge us, right? Mm-hmm. And that can be, fr- it can be formal or informal. It could be a therapist, it could be a life coach, but it can also be a good friend, it can be a mentor, um, people that sort of will reflect things back to us mm-hmm. to help us peel that back. Yeah. Now you've labeled something very interesting because you're absolutely right. There is no shame in taking medication. Full disclosure, I'm on medication myself, and I have been for 12 years. Um, and we've tried to wean me off of it in the past, and it has never gone well. And we've always needed to take my dosage back to regular. I hope someday to be off of it, but it may never happen. And I've made my peace with that. But mm-hmm. there's no shame in taking it. You wouldn't shame someone who needed a wheelchair for using the wheelchair. Right. Or crutches. It's just the medication is kind of the one thing when it comes to mental health that you can't necessarily see. So we tend to have a lot of thoughts about it. But the choice to truly heal is multifaceted. I think that's very interesting that you pointed that out because I love that you talked about surrounding yourself with good people because there, I don't know if group think is the technical term, but I know when you're around people who are reinforcing lies, Mm -hmm. that makes you, that's just another piece of believing that it is, that it is true instead of choosing to step out. And I have found that when you try to step out and start truly accepting truth, some people are willing to support you and go along with it and others not so much. And you have to make sometimes really tough decisions to cut off certain relationships or maybe not necessarily cut off, but not invest in them as much and let them a little bit die on the vine. So talk mm-hmm. a little bit about, um, cause I know today's world, we are just full of social media mm-hmm. and, um, almost to the point where sometimes you have more social media friends online than you might in real life. Friends. Exactly. I'm doing air quotes. Mm-hmm. You have, Friends. and especially yeah. in certain communities, and especially in the mental health community, as soon as you say something like, I have anxiety, or fill in the blank, whatever diagnosis, it's almost like people can't argue with you anymore, and they have to support oh, you. Oh, yeah. That's actually, that's a really interesting point. Yeah, I've seen that happen um, many a time on various So, platforms. sort of, you're saying, if I get on social media and say, I, I'm just worried about this, and... 
Um, I'm a little sad about that sort of, you feel mm-hmm. like you're saying people will jump in and then oh, they'll yeah. try to tell you how you should or shouldn't feel or what's okay or not. But if you get on and say, I have anxiety, everybody goes, okay, hands off. Exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. and here's the thing about social media is no matter where you post, whether it be Facebook, TikTok, Tumblr, mm-hmm. well, if anyone uses Tumblr anymore, um, Reddit, whatever it may be, any one of those, you get on there and you will, no matter what you're posting about, you will find a good bit of support. Even if it's something super controversial, that's just the way social media is. So it's like anytime you go in there, you're going to get validation. And that's... Which can be really healthy and really not. Um, I lean more towards and, it being unhealthy, honestly. Well, and I do too. And the research is coming out. I don't want to go to... I, I know we could get really tangential with this. But, yeah. Um, that there's research coming out now the negative impact on social media of social media on mental health mm. and uh the studies i think are with the younger groups mm-hmm. but i'm going to label this we're all vulnerable to it mm-hmm. all vulnerable yeah. and the minute you think you're not right that's when you're in trouble yeah, yeah that's when you're in trouble so i think it's okay to uh, I also, okay, so I'm Gen X. I think that, um, I'll be honest, I think millennials and um, Gen Z post things on social media that I'm just like, what? Like, the sense of privacy or people's idea yeah. of privacy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's shifted. I don't know if it's sort of not a concept even for iGen now. Mm-hmm. If I say iGen, iGen and Gen Z are the same thing, guys. Um, I don't know, but I find as an, an Gen X, you know, at 54, I'm like, why would you put that on social media and then get upset about people's responses? Yeah. You know, honestly, we could do a whole nother right. thing on that, but to keep it on topic. So, but if yeah. you come around, it's sort of, you know, and you labeled something like I have the support in my medication, mm-hmm. but what really, um, amplified was I would say chances are that what really amplified um, the result for you was having that's that's a support you needed but what really was the game changer was choosing to understand your thinking Mm -hmm. and how thinking affected your feelings your perceptions Mm -hmm. yeah how the way you were using words impacted right so Again, if I'm using the wrong word to describe something, even to myself, mm-hmm. like we recognize in communication, if I don't describe yeah. something well to you, there will be miscommunication. Mm-hmm. I don't think we always think about that that can happen within our own self, that yeah. because I'm labeling something incorrectly, mm-hmm. or I'm minimizing it maybe, or I'm making it bigger than it is, that can really go in either direction, Yeah. right? Like Oh yeah, you can absolutely overreact or, or underreact. Right. I, I feel can, like more often overreact, but it depends on the situation. It, and it depends on the temperament, the personality. Mm-hmm. You also touched on this idea of because I have this, isn't like this carte blanche excuse to be a certain way, yes. behave a certain mm-hmm. way. And it's interesting because even if you do like personality tests, testing or temperament testing, right? one of the cautionary t- things is always, you know, this doesn't mean it's, we, I call it the Popeye syndrome, but I'm showing my age. So the cartoon Popeye. I know Popeye, spinach. Yeah. <laughs> Popeye the sailor man. Yes. <laughs> Olive oil. And what did he, what was he famous for saying? I am what I, I am. am. Yes. Right. So mm-hmm. 
I always say, look, understanding ourselves, whether it's um, something to do with our mental health that we're struggling with, our temperament, our personality, whatever, um, is not the, so I am what I am and you all just have to put up with it. Mm. Yeah. That's the throwing away responsibility and saying, you're just going to have to deal with me because this mm-hmm. is who I am. Yep. I had a bad ex fill in the blank. I mean, right. there's so many things that have, you know, not to say that if you had things like a horrible childhood or you do have legitimate mental illness or who knows whatever happened to you in your life, not to say those things are legitimate. But one of the things I always like to say is every single person on this planet has a victim card. There's not one person who doesn't have that one thing they can point to and say, you have to just accept me because I have fill in the blank, whatever it is. Well, I think that comes back to we all struggle. Mm -hmm. The difference is, will I struggle well? Will it bear healthy fruit or will I just struggle poorly? And that, you know, that can be impacted by a lot of things. It's knowing how to get help, how to ask for help a lot. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us, we're struggling we're miserable. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to fix it on our own, mm-hmm. but we don't want to be vulnerable enough to even ask for help, yeah. right? And I see that too, where it's like, um, I've self-diagnosed something. I won't go get help for it, <laughs> but I sort of want to hold you hostage on social media. Yeah. See, and it's interesting because it. I feel like what I see is not necessarily I won't get help. It's I will get help because therapy, at least from my generation and on it's very popular to be in therapy but I feel like what I hear most times is they're more of an echo chamber and I have experienced Mm. this with various therapists in my own life where you will come to them and bring whatever you're struggling with and the therapist will just sort of reinforce that like for instance if I come in and say oh I just feel really ugly I feel unworthy and they'd be like oh no you're so beautiful but not deal with like the, the deep well and, and not all therapists will do that mm-hmm. but it's I think you know the balance is I would say the balance is this therapy friends whatever internally mm-hmm. for each one of us is if I am I speaking into my life with balance am I seeking people that will speak into my life with balance mm-hmm. yeah yeah and label things mm-hmm. accurately and can we have enough courage to, yes, grace, I want grace, mm-hmm. I want to give grace, but do we have the courage to also speak to each other in truth? Yeah. Well, and that brings it around to the beginning of, of, of all of this, of labeling. Do I have the courage to tell myself the truth? Yes. Because And that's where it has to start. Exactly. And that's kind of brings it full circle to what we were talking about because at the end of the day some of the greatest lies we tell are to ourself yes and if you claim that i'm xyz when you're actually um abc mm-hmm. you're responding completely inappropriately well not inappropriately but wrong when you need to be doing something else i, I think we can sort of derail ourselves and and for those of you listening like we're all struggling with that mm-hmm. like nobody's got this nailed and I, and I want to be really clear about that. It is, it, never underestimate how quickly a moment of self-deprecation that is not healthy or um, a negative thought creeping in or um, the echo of a voice past that you let take over again that was negative or nasty. Um, it, it, that just, bang. 
that quickly mm-hmm. can sort of derail our thinking. Oh, yeah. And, and it's sort of this idea, if you will, of the difference between a rational thinking pattern and irrational. Mm-hmm. And it can take us off into this irrational thing where it may go from something somebody said to us in childhood to, um, you know, we let that creep in. And instead of sort of capturing it and going, no, that's a lie. I'm going to reject that thought, right? Mm-hmm. We let it percolate. Yes. Oh, trust me. <laughs> and yeah, then it grows absolutely. and snow, like a, you know, the little snowball rolling down the hill, yep. you know, it gets mm-hmm. bigger, 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 bigger. And then it can, and I want to acknowledge for people listening that it can get in this very negative headspace of, you know, do I have any value? Do Like, why am I here? Is there any point in bothering? Does anybody even care about me? And never underestimate how quickly it can start as a just this negative thought that we let snowball and how quickly it can get to this very negative thinking. Yeah. And if you're parked in that chronically, why wouldn't you get depressed? Yeah. Why wouldn't you be depressed? That is depressing, in fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I think you, you, you've, you've spoken about something absolutely true because I personally, that was a so much of my struggle for anyone who has um, OCD, that is basically how it works, where you have some strange, irrational, emotional thought of some kind, and instead of letting it go, that was weird, moving on, you hold on to it, and you start to think, well, why did I have this? And you you create this whole narrative about your circumstances or yourself, and Mm -hmm. before you know it, you're who knows where. So... And we can all do that with OCD. You're just rather yeah. an expert, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, and that's again where it yeah. comes down to my OCD wasn't making me do that. It was just so when you that... do it, you're very, very good at yes, doing it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which it's, can it's come my become very destructive slash... very quickly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um, one of the things I'd like to sort of um, really discuss because choosing truth and choosing rational thinking, oftentimes feelings don't accompany it at first like choosing to Mm -hmm. think in the moment where that doesn't seem rational to me so you try to choose truth but your feelings like everything in you might be screaming no I really want to focus on this or I you know what I'm what I'm trying to say is how does one know that you're overreacting or not? How do you find... Or underreacting. Or underreacting. How do you correctly label? How do you find that? That might be a whole... That might be its own podcast. But for the sake of sort of wrapping this episode up, um, understand this about feelings. Feelings don't tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, Ben Shapiro Mm -hmm. likes to say... This always sticks in my head. The, the truth doesn't, <laughs> doesn't care, care about, about your, your feelings. feelings. Yep. So, but your feelings are messengers. They have a role. They are not to just be discounted lightly, mm-hmm. but they also sh- are not indicators of what is true. Yeah. Right. There, there's this cognitive dissonance often between where we're trying to go and how we feel about it. Yeah. Just like if if we came in tonight, we were both really nervous about recording. And it's sort, we're doing this sort of late. We're both mm-hmm. a little hungry. We're both tired. Um, if we let that take over, like that sort of, oh, I don't know if I could do this. Oh, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. 
just because we had a moment of feeling that way and we kind of labeled it right yeah. and said once we get going we're going to be fine mm-hmm. we just spoke a simple rational fact into that and yeah. here we are mm-hmm. probably going on a little bit too long <laughs> because <laughs> good. we was, got yeah. going right <laughs> we didn't let a feeling in a moment sort of take over and shut this down or dictate whether we did it or not we just said yeah i'm feeling that way let's reset what do we need to do and let's get to yeah. it finding that way to acknowledge your feelings and honor them Um, because I think sometimes the opposite people can take the opposite um, reaction where instead of like parking in their feelings they just shut them off completely and that is its own set of problems yes we can't avoid them their feelings aren't optional Um, so yes honor them and don't worship them I, if I could um, message something to your generation and the one coming up behind you, and I mean this with grace, kindness, but also truth, um, I think there is a tendency to worship our feelings and mm-hmm. make them the guideposts yeah. of our lives. Yeah. It's not healthy. I don't want you guys to do that because it's not going to serve you well. Mm-hmm. It will not bring you joy. It will not bring you the contentment you're seeking. Mm-hmm. And even if you can sort of hold other people emotionally hostage and get them to sort of agree with you because they, you know, nobody wants to be accused of being mean or you offended mm-hmm. me or you hurt my feelings. Yep. You still won't feel any better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to change my beliefs around that. I might avoid you. Hmm. <laughs> right? And find somebody who doesn't demand I support every thought they have or everything they do, whether it's a good choice or a bad choice. Right? Yeah. But, but more importantly, you aren't going to feel any better. Mm-hmm. So honor your feelings, acknowledge them, learn how, what to do with them and the purpose they serve, but don't worship your feelings. Yeah. Oh, listen, I hope you heard that. That's, <laughs> no, 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 I'm serious. Yeah. Listen, because absolutely, our, I, feel like, I feel like any person, one person can get caught up in that, but I do feel especially... Um, the younger generations are being encouraged to, you know, one is one of the most common phrases you hear is listen to your heart, follow your heart. It's in every Disney movie, follow your heart. But if you think about it, that's really poor advice it's because you're garbage. Heart, exactly. <laughs> so, so absolutely listen. Because my heart right now wants, you know, a half gallon of ice cream and a new boyfriend yesterday. <laughs> and like, you know, yep. and, and we say that with some humor, but um, I really have enjoyed this today. I yeah. hope this is meaning mo- meaningful for you all listening. And if you're up for it, I would love to have you back on occasion to have these sort of Gen X millennial conversations. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think I love, love the people of all generations. I really enjoy what I can learn from people that think differently than me. Yeah. And I think there's... Um, there's something really cool that happens when we're willing to get together and have conversations instead yeah. of scream at each other on social yeah. media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. the Yeah, the whole thing, millennials have grown up believing that every generation hates them, and it's like, um, and then, the, you know, there's this animosity where it's like, oh, they're too old, they don't understand, and then they're like, oh, they're too young, they don't understand, and if we just shut up and listen to each other and learn yes. from each other. Yes, um, I've so enjoyed, like, this is one of my dearest friendships, <laughs> and there's such, there's an age difference, but it doesn't matter because she's one yeah. of my dearest girlfriends. We spent Valentine's Day together. It was awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we each have different strengths, different things we bring to the table. And when we learn to value and honor one another, we can have these conversations. Mm -hmm. So um, anybody listening, I really hope that this has been a helpful conversation to sort of listen in on, if you will. I love you guys. Keep pursuing your purpose over your perfection. Don't be afraid to have challenging conversations with people that think differently than you. Um, don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone because that's where we grow. And quit trying to impress everybody or measure up to some standards you've made up in your head. We just got together tonight. We are tired. Um, and we decided let's get together and see what comes up anyway. And let's do this and not worry about if it's perfect or just so or a certain way. Mm -hmm. So you guys keep going. We're in it with you. We love you. And I will see you next time. Take care. <laughs>